educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome aboard the uh, Springtime Monday. Uh, my goodness, it is 509 Monday, February 26th, and yeah, if you're confused uh, that it's still February, uh, according to Ken Shimmick, uh, the official number is uh, 81 degrees today, setting a new record high. Uh, The old record was 79 degrees in 1896. It's been a while. Uh, 126-year-old record biting the dust, and uh, according to Ken Shimmick, uh, 81 is our normal high uh, for May 31st. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, lots of wind out there. Hope, uh, uh, hope you're batting down and, and, but yeah, windows down, radio up. Uh, uh let's do this. Uh, welcome aboard. Uh, coming up in just a second, Flatwater Free Press, uh, with, uh, editor Matthew Hansen chatting about a couple stories. Uh, uh, before we get any further along, say hello to Mr. Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. Dan, I went to bed last night, and it was still February, and I woke up today, and it's now May 26th, and I missed your one-year anniversary on the show. So, like, well, you I can mean, still catch good, up. Yeah. It's been a good year. It only felt like nine months, but uh, no, it's good to be here. And yeah. I, oh, man, I'm loving this weather. Yeah. Loving this weather. Yeah. Well, we missed you. We had another uh, fun Friday afternoon club with Chef Kevin and, and some guests. So, uh, anyway, we, we toasted you. Well, I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. I Definitely kept busy over the weekend. Yeah. It's good to be back. Yeah, good to have you. Uh, yeah, let's build up instead of tear down, shall we? Truth over tribalism, principles over partisanship, five days a week. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, let me welcome onto the phone lines Mr. Matthew Hansen, editor of Flatwater Free Press, Nebraska's very first nonprofit newsroom. Matthew, are you uh, are you uh, sitting outside with a, an adult beverage and shorts, or how are you spending <laughs> your your Monday afternoon in record setting temperatures? Honest to God, what I'm doing right now is staring longingly out of our office window <laughs> at people who are walking by, basking in the sunlight. <laughs> and I am, I am inside, so I'm very jealous right now. Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah. It looks like we're going to dip down tomorrow, but then, gosh, we're back up into the in the 70s, 80 almost again for the weekend. So anyway, we'll. That's why we live in Nebraska for the variety, right? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Certainly not for the normal Februarys. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Man, I was uh, I was going to give a shout out to Cody Schmick, uh, who owns uh, the German Beer House. Uh, he's he's the luckiest man in Lincoln because uh, they held their Bach Fest uh, on Saturday, and this is oh, okay. the second year in a row that they've held this in February in weather like this. I mean, it was just packed. They they blocked off the street and. And uh, it was an, an, another amazing event. But he's, he's. Uh, I, I told him, I said, Cody, I got to shake your hand because I want some of that luck to rub off on me. <laughs> oh, it was. Uh, so anyway, uh, shout out to. Uh, if you've not been to the German beer house, uh, Matthew, I highly recommend a great pretzel. I haven't. Yeah, you got to check it out. Yeah, it's uh, it's in the same building as uh, as my office. So. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I bet. Yeah, I need to get there. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, open invitation. I'll buy you buy you the first round. Well, uh, listen, I am so excited to once again uh, have Cindy Lang, and I know you are, to have Cindy Lang Kubik uh, back on the pages of Flatwater Free Press, and she's knocked it out of the park again. And, and, and we got to start scheduling this a little better uh, with uh, my people need to talk with Cindy's people, because so, it seems like the last few times uh, she's written a great story that I wanted to highlight. She's traveling. <laughs> and so she can't be here and she sends her regrets because I know she's got a ton of ton of fans in this city and, and, and quickly gaining fans across this state because of the great work she's doing for you guys. So uh, anyway, I'll tee it up and let's chat about it. But, uh, 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 you know, as, as you noted in your newsletter uh, on Friday, her newest story, it's Vintage uh, CLK. Uh, and I love this line that you wrote, the latest proof that she can take a story that in another's hands may feel cliche, superficial, and peel back the story's layers until she finds a humanity at its core. And she did it again. Yeah, she sure did. I, and I mean, I, I said in the newsletter, you know, I, I've been seeing this guy, Kevin Coleman, a.k.a. Husker Superfan, uh, since I was basically in college, or maybe a little after, I mean, he's been a—he was a fixture at the Devaney Center uh, for men's basketball, and you know, I'm a, a, a Husker uh, men's hoops diehard. I was actually at the game yesterday. Oh and boy! So is he? Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was really, really cool to read this. You know, I admit, basically, this super fan in this kind of superficial way, and and thanks to Cindy, I got to meet Kevin, and which is just wonderful, and it, it's you know, it's just how she does her how she does her work yeah yeah well i'll remind our listeners of flatwaterfreepress.org you can consume that story and all their others uh at no charge no paywall and uh, a great picture of uh of husker super fan and uh uh yeah uh, in his red uh, orange uh, uh uh wig and decked out and and what a what a great story and um yeah so 33 year old uh, kevin coleman uh, and as Cindy notes in her story, Coleman will tell you he was diagnosed with autism, anxiety, and depression shortly after college. Uh, and he'll tell you his voice is a gift and that supporting the Huskers is a calling. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, just, just you know, learning about his life, learning where he works. I mean, he's so connected to the athletic department, even beyond the games, which is very cool. Uh, to read, and then yeah, I mean, my God, the, the you know, Kevin's driving his his sister who is blind yeah. to 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 work and and to to see uh, family members, and and yeah, just this this you know force for uh, relentless positivity uh, at a Husker sporting events, which I I don't know how many you've been to, but you know they can get they can get a little negative. <laughs> At, uh, <laughs> is that right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So this year, obviously, everybody's excited and uh, uh, and, and looking for uh, all the. Su- There's lots of super fans, but nothing, no one like Kevin. Uh, what a great story! And and yeah, he finagled himself uh, in a job at, in, at the training table, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. And. Uh, you know, and you can just, uh, I mean, you know, this gets into a little dorky writing stuff, but she's there, right? Not only is she physically there, Cindy, with Kevin, but she's she's taking you to that training yep. table experience. 
he's greeting people as as they walk in. He knows all the athletes. They all know him. They all like him. He likes them. And it, I mean, it's just it's that show don't tell idea of, of of journalism and writing where it just feels like you're sitting there right right along yes. with with uh, with Kevin and Cindy, which is great. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Boy, Cindy just does. It, it is. It's it's like a narrative to an opening of a movie. And I was thinking uh, as I was reading her story, and she was quoting uh, Kevin naming off the players. Uh, at the training table, and I'm wondering, gosh, Cindy, how how were you able to research all that? Because anyway, I, I thought it was amazing. He's just ticking off name after name, and there's a softball player, and a basketball player, and a football player, and a wrestler, and and uh, yeah, just another great story by Cindy Langkubic. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Matthew, you want to stick around? Let's uh, keep this chat going. I know there's another story about LPS I wanted to chat with you about. So let's take this little break and come on back if that's okay with you. Sounds great. Okay. All right, folks, hang on. We'll be right back after this uh, with more uh, from Matthew Hansen from Flatwater Free Press. Come on back. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Monday edition. Thanks for uh, coming in out of the <laughs> springtime weather, almost summer weather. And, uh, well, you don't have to come inside. You can take your radio. You can take your boom box outside and listen to us, uh, reference to our little uh, uh, survey that we were doing. Um, those of you who remember boom boxes. Well, we are back. It is uh, Monday, so that means... Uh, we get to visit with Matthew Hansen, editor of Flatwater Free Press. And if you're not signed up for Matthew's uh, uh, newsletter, I encourage you to do that. Uh, it's always uh, well-written and entertaining, and you get to a little slice of Matthew's life. Uh, but, yeah, go to flatwaterfreepress.org and consume all their great uh, stories. And they're a nonprofit. Uh, they'll take your contribution, uh, but there's no paywall. They give their stories away for free. So... And uh, we're talking about uh, a couple stories that caught my attention over the weekend. And, uh, and Matthew, uh, so thanks for sticking around. Appreciate it very much. And, uh, you bet. Yeah, this story by Jeremy Turley, uh, who, uh, it's, isn't it nice to see, uh, uh, you know, the results of, of your reporting, of your work, and your, and your journalists, uh, and, and actually affect, help affect change. And uh, so Jeremy wrote this story back on Valentine's Day about uh, four of Nebraska's largest school districts are using debt collectors to go after unpaid lunch tabs. And um, uh, Lincoln Public Schools was one of those four uh, school districts, and they have reversed their policy. Yeah, and I mean, it's interesting, you know, we don't ever do journalism uh, because we want to see a specific sure. change happen necessarily, but it is interesting to watch, and especially with Flatwater. I mean, you know, a lot of what we do is more in-depth, it's more investigative. It's the sort of stories that it's data-driven. It's the sort of stories that do honestly tend to to uh, affect um uh, change uh, in some way. I mean, I, I think of, I think there's something like eight bills in the Nebraska legislature, legislature this year that are tied pretty directly. No to, kidding. Wow. Uh, uh, previous coverage that we've done on nice. things like nitrate and groundwater, or mm-hmm. civil asset forfeiture in Seward County, that sort of stuff. But the yeah, this one was interesting because it was almost immediate, right? And and part of that is 
um, just the circumstances. But yeah, I mean, a couple days after uh, the story came out, the story that had the numbers, right? I mean, Lincoln Public Schools yep. not only was doing this, but they'd done it 1,700 times. Um, you know, that, that they had sent uh, an unpaid bill to uh, a debt collector, and it was something, it was close to 1,000 uh, families um, that, that had a, a debt, debt collector, you know, sort of uh, coming after him because of an unpaid uh, school lunch bill. That was far, and obviously Lincoln has more students than most other school districts, but that was far, far beyond kind of what uh, any other, only four dis- of the top 20 school districts were even doing this. The other ones, it was, I think it was Columbus, Scotts Bluff, and one other one that I'm not remembering, but um, they were doing it on a far smaller scale. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I mean, and in credit to LPS, they, they kind of said, I mean, they said they were already working on this, right? It, it's not as if they... Uh, you know, there's a bill in the Nebraska legislature. There's other things that are happening that we're make, making LPS pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. But to the credit, they essentially said, like, when we saw that that we were, uh, you know, one of only four of the top 20, we sped the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, a couple of days after the story came out, uh, they were, you know, they, they announced that they were uh, stopping this, stopping this practice. Well, and uh, the story on February 22nd, so just last week, in the Lincoln Journal Star, uh, their um, their story, now I'm going to lose it, um, uh, yeah, they mentioned an analysis done by the Flatwater Free Press showed LPS had sent nearly 1,700 families to collection agency uh, last school year alone, and so, yeah, they they mention it, and... and uh, 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 and put the uh, story, uh, the link of the of your story, into their story. So yeah, once again, it's it's um, it, it's it is, and and good work uh, by Jeremy uh, Turley uh, on that story. And yeah, I mean it it it, it matters. Uh, these stories matter. These stories matter to not only public policy, um, uh, people who are uh, looking at making changes in the legislature on on issues. But it, ultimately, it comes down to, to it mattering to LPS students and their parents, and so yeah. And and uh, you you highlight the journal star makes me want to say one other thing too because it's such a good example of how an outfit like Flatwater and your local newspaper are working together, mm-hmm. right? I mean, uh, the Journal Star has a really good education reporter mm-hmm. and education reporters. And I used to work at the Journal Star, by the way, so I'm, I'm a proud uh, alum. But the, the um, you know, they were doing daily coverage of this. We did this more kind of in-depth story uh, analysis, and then they came back and they did the daily coverage right after. I mean, yep. they were the ones who got the story that, that, the, that uh, you know, LPS was, was halting this practice. So, you know, it's just kind of a beautiful kind of collaborative uh, thing to see. And that needs to happen more in journalism, in local journalism. We don't have enough reporters that we can always just compete against each other. We also have to collaborate. And I I love seeing that in this case. How does that work? Do you, is there communication back and forth between you and some of the editor? I mean, I know, you know, you know a lot of those folks, but, or is it just happening organically and more and more people are understanding this resource that they have to add to their, their own reporting? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, since before we started, we've been going around talking to, to editors, um, and, and this includes TV and radio mm-hmm. too. And, you know, essentially saying we want to be a resource. Uh, for you guys, we want to work together. How can we work best together? So it's kind of a rolling conversation. And in a case like this, you know, we can reach out 
too. My uh, uh, managing editor, Ryan Hoffman, reached out to the Journal Star and said, hey, you know, because the old school way would be like, well, you can't tell anybody about the story you're working on. They might scoop you, right? Mm -hmm. In this case, we reached out to them and said, hey, we got all the records for the 20 largest school districts in the state. And we see that there's a Lincoln, you know, focus here. And, And so they knew that we were publishing before we published and then they're ready to publish it themselves. And yeah, I mean, that's, it's just in, you know, that really takes good partners on both sides. And so it's very cool that, that in this case, and, and really just generally places like the journal star and, uh, 1011, um, just to name two in, in Lincoln, Mm -hmm. uh, they've just been great partners. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it fills my cup. You know that. I mean, I'm such a fan of what you do because it's so important uh, to continue local good, solid reporting and investigative long-form journalism uh, because of what's happened to local journalism the last few years. And continue, it continues to be a challenge, right? I mean, uh, we see uh, – anyway, we won't get into the negative stuff about some of the other no, news fun. outlets, but it's, it's important. Yeah, no, it, it totally is, and it is really, I mean, it's gratifying for my end to be able to be part of a potential, you know, a potential part of the solution, a potential part of a path forward yep. um, where we can, you know, try to preserve, you know, what's, what's uh, help preserve what's really important about journalism and yep. local journalism. Absolutely. Well, that's why we have you every Monday, my friend. I appreciate it very much, yeah. and I know our listeners do, too. I hear it all the time, so... Um, all right. Well, hey, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for hi- helping highlight these two really great stories. And yeah, we'll, we'll coordinate this so we get Cindy uh, in studio with me uh, next time she writes a story. So appreciate it very well, much. We'll put that in her contract. Yeah, put that yeah, in there, Doug. You have to show up and talk to Dan. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Hansen, appreciate it, my friend. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks, Dan. Okay, take care. Uh, folks, uh, Matthew Hansen always joins us every Monday uh, from Flatwater Free Press, the editor. Uh, he's managing a, a stable of excellent journalists. It's really heartening to see. Anyway, check them out. Uh, we're going to take some break, uh, this break for the news. Come on back after that on 1499.3 KLIN. Educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Monday edition. We've got some breaking traffic updates from yeah, Chris. Thanks, Dan. Just uh, heads up to everybody. Highway 6 is closed in all directions except for emergency vehicles for the time being with that semi-rollover. Sounds like there might be some other vehicles involved as well. I know StarCare 5 was brought in as well. Okay. So just avoid Highway 6 between North 84th and the waiver of the interchange for the time being. Yeah, that's yep. a busy stretch of roads. It so, is. We've yeah. got a lot of commuters that go back and forth to Omaha, yep. Gretna, and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So, Ashland. So. Ashland, absolutely. I, I know it's a serious update, but yep. I still feel the need to say you're right. keeping us moving with time saver traffic. You're Grillmaster Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, thank you for that. Hey, hey, Chris, have you checked in with Johnny about the, his football uh, status? I don't uh, know the about Chiefs yet. the oh. Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, have yeah. you mentioned yeah. Johnny? Well, I thought maybe there was a conversation about the Chiefs yeah, you, earlier. You thought you heard something. I did. And, yeah, yeah. It, but it doesn't I, hurt the check with Johnny every about once his in Chiefs. A while, yeah. you know, what's, what's, what's the latest, you know? Taylor Swift is still my favorite Kansas City Chief player. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's really a good sport, isn't he? he? Is. He's pretty good. Yeah, yeah i got to give him credit. Okay, so, I mean... and. I, Girl Master Chris, I think we I when you came back from your trip, I did say on air that you could 
feel free to spend even longer down there so I didn't have to hear it from you. Yeah. But I think when when I know when you came back you uh you were quick to be like, so what happened on Sunday night? Yeah. Then, like as if you were taking a large nap or something. And, uh-huh. Um and my whole thing is like it was it was a good football game. Um I mean just going into overtime. It just what really bothered me more than anything else though, um and, and I've I've taken the social media and said it like everyone knows how I feel about the Kansas City Chiefs. Anyone who listens to this programming knows how I feel about them. But I was just appalled by what happened at that parade. That like, like oh, kind that's of took my attention off of everything that happened it, in the game. It, that is that is a real downer with all the celebration that was going on. And of course, it happened after, fortunately. But there were still a lot of people in the area, and that was the the thing. And as it turns out, from the latest reports, is young people that are yeah. being really stupid yeah yeah imagine yeah. that yeah. yeah imagine that well good well uh well chris uh, thanks we for the traffic yeah, the chiefs did win that game as i remember Ugh. and uh <laughs> you know that some i think i saw a statistic somewhere they and and of course you could bet on anything throughout that whole super bowl you know the coin flips to whatever and of course from what I understood, I think there was a line on how many times Taylor Swift would appear on oh, yeah. on TV. How many yeah. camera shots? Thirteen. Uh, Thirteen times. And why is that significant? You told me, I and did. I don't it's, remember it's the her, answer. It's her lucky number. That's, oh, that's right. That's her lucky number. Now, yeah. I told Dan on Monday... That was thirteen times. He goes, "No, it wasn't. It was not that many times." I said, "Dan, I counted. Are you are you questioning this? Because I I made a point of counting how many times they showed her." There you go. All right, you betcha. All right, there all right, Chris. Thank Sorry, you. Dan, go Chiefs. No, that's didn't mean to throw you under the bus on your own. Show, no, that's all right. Hey. And I will ignore that last <laughs> comment you said, Grillmaster Chris. <laughs> We've got time. I'll take I'll take the mic back. Thanks, guys. Uh, uh, no, appreciate uh, appreciate the traffic update. Be careful out there, folks. Uh, uh, that sounds like a serious situation out there on, on Highway 6. So, anyway, hey, uh, my thanks to editor Matthew Hansen uh, for him checking in, as he always does every Monday from Flatwater Free Press and uh, highlighting Cindy Lang Kubik's uh, latest story in, uh, in their publication. So, check that out, flatwaterfreepress.org. And I know there's a lot of CLK fans uh, all the years and all of the uh, uh, columns that Cindy wrote uh, in, the, in the Journal Star. So, it's nice to see her work. Uh, is still out there so and we will we'll get cindy not only on the air but we'll get her in studio here one of these days because uh anyway she's traveling uh, today and couldn't join us but uh let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show the commish as i like to call him uh sean flower day who's uh, recently taken over as chair of the lancaster county uh board of commissioners um as you know uh that that uh, that position rotates uh uh, each year, and so uh, uh, we appreciate uh, getting the latest from the Lancaster County Board of Commissioners from Sean Flower Day tomorrow. Uh, and join us in the second half of the show, uh, uh, some friends of the Woods Park. Uh, there's been, uh, if you want to call it a comp- uh, controversy, but certainly in, uh, interest by neighbors and fans of Woods Park uh, about the uh, possibility of expanding uh, some tennis facilities on that property. So we'll talk with a couple of neighbors uh, of Woods Park and get their uh, take on that tomorrow in the second half of the show. And remember, if you miss anything, you can always find us on your favorite podcast platform any darn time you like. Um, or just go to com, scroll down on the Dan Parsons page, and find what you're looking for. 
And I'll remind you, uh, love to have you follow us on X and uh, the Facebook page. And in fact, uh, just this afternoon, uh, I uh, posted uh, what I think is a really important uh, op-ed in uh, our other nonprofit newsroom here in the state of Nebraska, Nebraska Examiner. Uh, And so I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about that because it's a topic that we've talked about uh, here on the show uh, f- a few other times before, but uh, uh, and uh, George uh, Ayub uh, is a 21-year uh, professional journalist. Uh, he's he pr- he's, he wrote, excuse me, for 21 years uh, for the Grand Island Independent, and George I- Ayub. Uh, wrote uh, this commentary for Nebraska Examiner today, and he's talking about uh, this effort by some, uh, the, the concern by some of uh, secure elections. And the, total, the title of George's uh, piece in Nebraska Examiner today is Don't Let a Fiction Tinker with the State's Best Practices. Uh, and George writes, uh, recent testimony in the Nebraska legislature from county election commissioners, uh, the League of Women Voters, and Civic Nebraska in their opposition to a bill that would cut the number of days for early voting in the state from the current 35 days to 22 uh, was enough to give the idea the heave-ho. Uh, predictably, uh, George writes, that testimony centered on logistics and details offering clear visions of the repercussions if legislative bill uh, 1211 becomes law. Among the problems were costs, uh, inefficiencies, and timing. Uh, and he goes on to write that, uh, uh, that uh, while those uh, chapters and verses of LB 1211's weaknesses rang true. The bill has another underlying issue, and he writes that its premise is flawed. Uh, and he writes, here's why. The supposition of which uh, LB 1211 and a slew of other pieces of legislative efforts nationwide to restrict or limit voting and voters in, uh, in, uh, on the assumption that our voting system needs repair uh, either in principle or execution or both. Um, and so he asks, what are those concerns based on? And he writes, uh, the thesis is not even thin, it's empty. Uh, he writes, uh, no credible evidence exists to verify or even suggest that we are in the throes of election scandals, interference, or fraud. Uh, witnesses can line up to say otherwise, but without proof of a problem or even a potential problem, legislating as if your voting system, uh, as if our voting systems are defective, is flat out wrong. Uh, the premise is based on a lie, a whole cloth one at that, uh, one now sadly uh, resistant to reason, facts, and the light of truth. And so uh, this gentleman, again, he was a journalist, George um, uh, Ayub, uh, pronounced Ayub. It's spelled A-Y-O-U-B. Um, you know, he's not, he's not some wide-eyed radical. He's, uh, you know, the Grand Island Independent is not exactly a, uh, a left-winging, a left-leaning uh, uh, newspaper. I mean, the Grand Island Independent. Anyway, George wrote for the Grand Island Independent for 20, over 21 years. And so... Uh, but he's got his dander up about the uh, people who are continuing to claim that uh, the 2020 presidential election was rigged and 
and, and indeed it's been, as he writes, officials and analysts whose focus was on whether the 2020 presidential election was indeed f- uh, free and fair, called it the safest, most accurate in our history, and it was also our largest, uh, with more votes cast for president than ever before, he writes. Uh, but he writes, still, some choose uh, to believe differently, uh, which is especially troubling <clears throat> if, it's, uh, if it is those with whom uh, we have been given the responsi- uh, responsibility to make our laws, uh, presumably to reflect and defend our dem- democratic values. Uh, but beliefs differ from facts, he writes. Even in post-truth America, uh, where we've diminished facts, uh, they still exist. So, um, yeah, so, and I've touched on this before uh, on the air of wh- why do we want to make it more difficult for us to vote, especially uh, in light of none of these uh, cases have proved to be true across the country. And certainly in Nebraska, there's no... There's no evidence of any wrongdoing uh, when it comes to voting, so or at least no widespread. I mean, I'm sure there's uh, there's some uh, you know problems here and there, but there's election officials said over and over again that there's uh, no problems with that. Anyway, check that out, NebraskaExaminer.org. Uh, George Ayub, uh, his latest piece. Hey, we're going to take this little break and come back and finish up. Uh, come back and join us. Listening to the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Hey, welcome back on this uh, beautiful Monday afternoon. It's still seventy two degrees uh, here in the capital city. I uh, hope you're enjoying it. Uh, windows down, radio up, a little, maybe a little uh, fire up the grill in the backyard today. Man, wouldn't that be nice? So anyway. Uh, just remind you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. The Commission, Sean Flowerday, chair of the Lancaster County Board of Commissioners, will join us. Uh, and uh, some people who uh, are concerned about uh, Woods Park and uh, and the uh, possible expansion of uh, uh, some tennis facilities there. Uh, so we're going to visit with a couple of those neighbors in the second half of the show uh, tomorrow. And... Um, uh, I, I just put a, a pin in this uh, editorialized reading by George Ayub uh, in the Nebraska Examiner, uh, uh, being fairly critical of those uh, both nationally and here in Nebraska who who like to perpetuate this myth that uh, our elections uh, were stolen and there's uh, problems. Um, so I, you know, uh, the Nebraska legislature passed uh, fairly overwhelmingly last year uh, that uh, you need to have a uh, an ID now in Nebraska to vote. And so election commissioners across the state are uh, adapting to that new law. And uh, so I think I've mentioned before, I'm one of those people uh, that during COVID, I got used to uh, voting early uh, and not so much the uh, the advantage of voting early. I, uh, I was in town, uh, but just the option that you have of getting your ballot in the mail. And so now that process, uh, the way it works here in Lancaster County uh, is if you're on that list of requesting an early ballot, uh, they will then mail you a postcard uh, to see if you want to uh, continue that uh, practice in the upcoming election. So, as you may recall, 
Um, we had the election commissioner, uh, Todd Wilchin on, uh, was that last week, maybe two weeks ago now. And, uh, and he was announcing and he's sending uh, those yellow postcards out for those people like me who are on that list and prefer to, uh, have their, have the ballot, uh, available so they can uh, vote early. And, uh, so anyway, I got my postcard and I sent it back today, uh, saying, yes, I would like to continue to, uh, have that ballot uh, mailed to me so I can uh, return it at, at my leisure. Uh, and, uh, and so anyway, there's, you have until May to, to either request that or if you have requested it in past years to return it. So anyway, I returned mine today and, and in that space, because of the new law of having, uh, of needing a, uh, an ID to vote, uh, since I'm going to vote, uh, by mail instead of at the polling booth, I, uh, they gave you the option. You'd take a photograph of an ID, uh, and a photocopy and send it back, or you can just simply write uh, the uh, license number, your Nebraska license, uh, driver's license number uh, on the form. And so, anyway, pretty simple. Uh, but it is one more step that you have to do, which, uh, again, people like George Ayub is, is pointing out that, uh, uh, anyway, that's law. We're adapting to it. Uh, hopefully it'll all go smoothly. But uh, uh, here's another story that caught my eye over the weekend because I uh, attended this event. Again, this is a Nebraska Examiner story. Uh, Civic Nebraska hosted an AI, uh, Artificial Intelligence, and Democracy Summit uh, at UNL uh, over the weekend. And so I attended that. Uh, and uh, it's fascinating and scary as heck at the same time. Um, so uh, just days before lawmakers consider the possible impacts of inf- uh, of artificial intelligence on Nebraska's upcoming elections, at least one state senator says the conversations are just beginning. Uh, and this is a story by Zach Wendling uh, from Nebraska Examiner. Uh, Zach's been on the show here before. Appreciate Zach's work. Uh, state Senator Tom Brewer uh, was at this summit, uh, uh, who represents north-central Nebraska. He joined uh, Civic Nebraska's Community Forum on Saturday on AI and democracy, and he stated bluntly that AI is scary and that multiple University of Nebraska professors uh, who detailed uh, possible impacts of the technology, uh, Senator Brewer said, scared the hell out of me, he said in this story. And he said, we're taking, uh, we're talking about things that if you stop, pause, and think about, how do you stop it? Uh, Brewer told a group of about three dozen people at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln on Saturday. Uh, Heidi Ewing, who is the Director of Public Policy for Civic Nebraska, uh, moderated the event, and she pointed to a January... Uh, robocalls just this past uh, just last month there were robocalls using president joe biden's voice to trick voters ahead of the new hampshire primary uh in 5000 ai generated calls people were discouraged from voting uh and ewing said that was sort of the first shot over the bow when it comes to artificial intelligence used in our elections so uh, and I don't know if you've had a, a chance to uh, experiment with AI. I mean, it's really easy. I mean, it's it's readily available. Uh, most of them, you have to have some kind of membership and pay. But I mean, you can generate. You can tell it to generate uh, an email. 
uh, uh, you know, a, a, a business proposal, what, you know, just use your imagination, but it's being used already nefariously uh, across the country and, and, and rightly so election officials are very concerned uh, of what this will, what impact this might have on our elections. Uh, and so Tom Brewer, a state senator, was at this uh, conference uh, Saturday, <clears throat> and uh, he suggested lawmakers come together uh, to learn more about AI after the 2024 session when they finish in May, uh, and, and then after the May primary election to examine uh, whether there are issues. And uh, uh, he suggested that the government and judiciary committees should investigate AI uh, possibly providing momentum to propel uh, possible 2025 legislation. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so it was interesting, Gina Legion, uh, director of the University of Nebraska's at Omaha's National Counterterrorism uh, Innovation Technology and Education Center, that's a mouthful, uh, I got to meet uh, uh, Gina on Saturday, and uh, and she explained uh, in a, a how uh, terrorists are uh, starting to use AI. And, uh, you know, previous thinking was that terrorists needed uh, specific expertise for attacks, but AI is closing that gap. Uh, she said that terrorists are using AI to find information and in just the last week shared manuals of how to use it on the dark web amongst terrorist organizations. Um, she said U.S. election hardware uh, and systems are methodical and more protected than anywhere else in the world, but she cautioned that election officials and workers are not protected. And so that was her concern from a national security perspective. And uh, Douglas County Election Commissioner uh, Brian Cruz uh, was at this event on Saturday that I attended, and uh and I think it was kind of a wake-up call for him. I mean, he said, you know, there's bad actors attempting to use AI to sow misinformation or disinformation about elections, uh, such as, for example, changes to voting deadlines or polling places. He said, you know, he gave the example, just think of someone uh, using AI to grab his voice and send out uh, telephone calls ahead of the election to tell him false things that... You know, the polling places are closing early or, you know, you're not registered to vote or your polling place has changed or, you know, just imagine uh, the chicanery that could happen. And um, so here's what was really interesting. And, Johnny, you'll appreciate this. Um, uh, um, uh, Matt Waite, uh, who is a, a journalism professor at the university, <clears throat> uh, he, he described creating an AI-generated clip of famed UNL radio professor Rick Alloway for his class. And he and his students asked dozens of people to listen to the two audio clips, and they couldn't tell the difference between the fake uh, Alloway, Professor Alloway, and the real Professor Alloway. That's crazy. Yeah. Still the best voice in broadcast. Yes, he is. So anyway, I find that interesting. Folks, that's the show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, come on back tomorrow. we got a jam-packed show. Enjoy your evening. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Go do good things.